Hello and welcome to another edition of the EG Property Podcast and another edition of the EG Property Podcast where we're talking all things green and mashing it up with a little bit of finance or a lot of bits of finance. So we're here today and I'm joined by Louise Ellison who is outgoing uh, uh, Group Head of Sustainability at Hammerson and Richard Wilson from Lazards who has just helped Hammerson with a, a rather large um, sustainability linked bond and we are here today one to fully understand what bonds are and how they work and then talk a little bit more about how uh, they're being used for um, the big journey that we are on to um, become a greener and better real estate sector so Louise Richard welcome to the podcast thank you lovely to be thank here thank you very much excellent so Richard, I'm going to throw to you first because you are clearly the expert on this panel. Uh, um, no, no offence there, Louise. Um, no, no but, definitely you're the expert. And <laughs> um, to talk to us a little bit about um, bonds. So give us give us a quick dummy's guide to what they are and how we can use them in real estate. Brilliant. Thank you, Samantha. And very kind of you to describe me as uh, an expert. Uh, but starting from the uh, the basics. So a bond in uh, when we talk about it in the in the debt world, is long dated. So when I when I say long dated, is that it it fixes in the interest rates at a particular point in time, and the borrower then pays those rates for the a long term. So for example, Landsec have bonds that mature out to 50, 2059. Um, in addition, they're they're typically fixed rate. So you set your coupon at the time of issuance. So in the case of Hammerson. We set that coupon uh, when we went to market back in May 21, and that coupon will stay the same um, throughout the the life of the of the bond. And bonds are typically raised by by large real estate companies, um, so for, for easy access to large chunks of capital. So typically, um, we would see the large UK REITs such as Tritax, Big Box, Landsec. Um, uh, and Seagrave raising um, corporate bond debt. And it's typically in very large chunks of capital. So in the UK uh, sterling market, we would typically see at least 250 million uh, per sterling issue in single transactions, which in part explains why these are only possible to be done really by large uh, uh, corporates with you know, GAV in excessive 1.5 billion or so. Um, yeah, so one of the key points about uh, certainly the public bond market is that issues are typically rated. So a company will need to go out and obtain a credit rating from S&P, Moody's or Fitch. Um, and this gives them access to the uh, to the bond market. And historically, the investment grade bond market has been rather vanilla. But uh, the advent of sustainable finance, which, of course, is, is the topic of today's podcast, has injected real innovation and excitement into the market. And of course, is the uh, you know, the reason, and of course, is what uh, Hamas went out to the market to to raise. So, so how does a sustainability-linked bond work, and why why are we seeing, I suppose, more more of those being being issued right now? And are, are you seeing more coming across your your desk? Are you having to help with more? So, sustainable finance is probably the two buzzwords of, of the moment really in the debt capital markets and there is unfortunately 
quite a lot of jargon that goes with that. So I, I thought it would be helpful to spend a few moments debunking the, the four primary structures that could be applied to either a loan or a bond. Um, so first of all, we have the green bond. This is the structure that was has been around the longest. So in, indeed, it was first. The first example of a green bond was back in 2007 when the European Investment Bank issued one. And it wasn't really until 2019 when uh, it really the product really kicked off for European real estate issuers. But a green bond in its simplest form is a uh, debt issuance against which you allocate green uses of proceeds. So when I say uses of proceeds, what I mean by that is that you are making commitment that the money that you raise via the debt issuance is invested in green buildings or other eligible green expenditure. Um, say, for example, this might be a, a new building, which is Briam, very good or, or above. The next item is a social bond. So this is where you may invest your proceeds of the debt issuance into social expenditure. So this could be in relation to uh, creating employment opportunities or building access to essential infrastructure. And then the last one to touch on is a sustainability linked bond or loan, which is indeed what we did in the case of Hammerson. And sustainability linked issuance is where you tie the interest rate on your loan to a particular set of targets. And it is increasingly a very popular instrument because it across sectors, not just real estate, because it means that people can create financial incentives in order to meet their sustainability goals. And th this particular market has really uh, grown in scale over the last few months. The um, In the UK, for example, the, the first green bond by UK REIT, which at Lazard actually also advised on, was issued in, in late 2020. And since then, we, we've seen a flurry of issuance, including by Canary Wharf Group, um, as well as social and sustainability bonds as well. And of course, there is Hammerson Sustainability Linked Bond, which was the first uh, example of an investment grade sustainability linked bond in the European real estate sector. So a truly uh, a landmark transaction for Louise. Um, Himanshu and the rest of the Hammerson team. Fantastic, thanks Richard. So, so Louise, talk us through your thought process when it came to to Hammerson's Hammerson's bond. Um, well, it was it was an opportunity. Um, we were we were raising finance anyway, um, so we had to raise these bonds because we were refinancing um, bonds that we already had. And as Richard has said, this uh, the bond market obviously gives you access as a business to um, large um, sums of capital um, at relatively cheap rates. So we were refinancing. Um, we were going to have to do that anyway. Um, and obviously, if you're doing that, what you want to do is make sure that you have as much demand for the bonds as possible. Um, and with the increase in interest from investors in sustainability issues generally, and particularly in sustainable finance, then making it, make it, having, a, having sustainability credentials alongside the bond made perfect sense. Um, it, 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 put simply, it means that we, we, we expected um, to get more interest in the bond, and the more interest in the bond, the, the, the better you're going to be able to get uh, your, your, your ultimately the, the, the uh, cost of finance is going to be. So there were good reasons to do it, um, and having talked to um, my obviously um, 
very kind of straight down the line um, corporate treasury team um, and talk them through and Richard and I talking them through particularly Richard talking them through the pros and cons of uh, and, the, and the potential benefits of having a sustainability link to this bond um, they kind of quickly realised that this would be quite a sensible thing to do because we had a, we Hamilton has a very strong sustainability platform we also did, we were able to do it very quickly because that's the other thing around around the, this kind of financing which i've discovered is that you, you everything happens quite fast once you make the decision to do it for a number of different reasons so it meant we could we could we could leverage off the platform that we had, which was really great. Um, we could demonstrate uh, really into the markets Hamson's sustainability credentials. Um, it made sense for us in terms of the financing, um, and it was going to be useful in terms of um, you know getting better be, uh, getting a better deal essentially on on getting the bond away. Um, so uh, so yeah, there was there's, there was lots of good wins. What we had to then do is decide what we want, how we wanted to 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 really structure it, I guess. And those are the things that Rich has been just been talking about. Why do we go for a sustainability linked bond rather than a, rather than the green or an ESG bond? And fundamentally, it was that use of proceeds. Um, what we didn't want, and, and haven't, you know, in the previously when I've been asked about doing green bonds for for, for Hammerson, um, I've always said no on the basis that you, we couldn't we couldn't link ourselves specifically to a use of proceeds. Um, so if we were going to have to just allocate the financing um, to specific green projects, we we wouldn't have enough kind of firepower if you like we wouldn't have enough projects and to, to, with which to you know to allocate it to if you're just going to be allocating it to building green buildings and also if you do that you tend to end up with relatively low benchmarks for sustainability i would say in terms of hammerson's of ambitions around sustainability linking an esg bond to a to a bram very good for example uh, even though you know bram excellent it's not really driving the market it's not really where we where we want to be in terms of ambition so um having a sustainability link bond not having to actually link it to use the proceeds to specific projects but linking it actually to targets for the business as a whole made much more sense that meant we were much more flexible in what we could spend it on but at the same time completely drives the business to actually deliver on its sustainability targets so that was kind of why we structured it in the way we did and why we wanted it to, to, to work in the way that the way that it did so lots of incentives there for Hammerson, not only to, you know, sort of continue to force the business to to act in a way that that you certainly set out um, during your tenure there to make sure that it is delivering not just net zero, but, um, um, you know, you're going beyond that to be carbon positive, but yeah, also targets, yeah, positive, sorry. And and of course, you know, if it means that it's the bond is more attractive to the market and there's a, there's a, a double win there, isn't there? Completely, completely. I, I think just to build on that, I think really, um, you know, Louise would not say this herself, she's too modest, but this really was testament to the work that Louise had done at Hammerson for, for many years. And, you know, very much this is a an opportunity for a company to go to the debt markets and seek to validate their sustainability strategy. And, you know, certainly that happened with Hammerson's bond. And I think it's a real, um, you know, a, a real achievement to have done it. And it's, um, you know, a very successful validation of um, a very well-crafted sustainability strategy. Well, thank you very much. I'll ring you for a pep talk, period. <laughs> and, and what does the what does the market look like then in terms, can you see this being, Richard, this being the, the norm for for bond issuance going, going forward, that the debt market won't want to deal with quote unquote normal bonds they will want sustainability linked bonds or green bonds or ESG bonds absolutely so the 
consistent message that we are hearing from the CFOs of large UK real estate companies that they want all future debt raises to be aligned with their sustainability goals. And we all know how important sustainability is for stakeholders of, of not just real estate companies, but the, the corporate world at large. Um, and this, um, this attitude is very much in line with what we're seeing uh, in the wider debt, debt capital markets, not just in real estate. And in my you know, personal expectation is that the question will shift to why not sustainable finance rather than why sustainable finance? Um, because you know the, the benefits are are compelling. So Louise mentioned the the cost benefit, and you know I'd mentioned the validation of sustainability strategy, but it's also really motivating for employees of companies because in the sustainability teams, because their work and, and their goals and achievements have direct financial incentives. Um, so yes, absolutely, this is uh, very much the future, um, and we corporates and companies across the size scale, be they borrow bond issuers or not bond issuers, should be considering whether this is something for them and whether they can raise debt that is aligned to their sustainability strategy, because it's a really powerful tool uh, and message to, to all of your stakeholders. Would there be anyone who, sorry Louise, carry on. So I was just going to say, coming from the other, if you look at it from the other side as well, the investment community is, is hungry for sustainable investments, um, and that includes the bond, that includes the debt markets, the debt investors. So they are, you know, with increasing requirements around around reporting, um, and then de- being able to demonstrate the, the that their their business is supporting the transition to to, um, to net zero carbon and and supporting um, the campaign against climate change. Um, they need more and more of this type of product. Absolutely. My, my question was going to be, actually, which is, um, given there's so much demand for this and that we can see that it is going to hopefully become the norm, is there anyone that, that misses out? I'm thinking if the cost of debt is getting cheaper, somebody somewhere is thinking, hang on a minute, I don't want this to take off, I want the cost of debt to go up. Is, are, there <laughs> any, are there any losers out there for this? Definitely. Um, I, I think, you know, and this is not just true in the, in the debt markets, but more broadly in the equity markets where uh, we will see, we are likely to see that um, non-ESG friendly companies will find it more difficult and costly to raise finance. That does not mean that they won't be able to. It, it's likely to mean it's more expensive and that they are appealing to a narrower pool of potential investors and lenders. Um, so certainly that is something that we would expect to see uh, in the, over the next coming years. I mean, the uh, in particular companies that are uh, major polluters are likely to find it more challenging to raise capital. And that's been reinforced by um, recent EU regulation um, around the, the, which has placed more emphasis on funds investing in green or non-green assets and, and being very clear about what they're investing in. Um, so the, Things are changing, and it's been a, an evolution for a few years, but certainly it's it seems to be picking up in pace. I think that's true, and I think it, I mean it, it. Ultimately, it goes hand in hand with risk, um, and the, the 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 economy more broadly has, has has started to really understand that climate change and the 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 the, the consequences of climate change are really simply it's just another form of risk and this is this is what a you know most of my, kind of my peer group have, have been talking about for for some years now is 
sustainability is, is simply looking at a risk issue um, and understanding it better. And then we are now, we've now got to the situation where the investment markets are starting to price it. So if you are a business that has sustainability risks and you aren't, you know, you aren't managing them, then inevitably your 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 cost of debt is going to be higher because you're a bigger risk. It's just kind of fundamentally as simple as that. So we're just sort of beginning to to to, to see um, that being sort of managed in a more sophisticated way. I think. And if if you are one of the companies that is um, environmentally sound, that is really focused on on this how far can how far can you go when it comes to um financing your business financing your deals financing um development etc there's no reason why a hundred percent of your financing debt financing can't be tied to sustainability goals um and so yeah i, th- I think again you know this will be a question which is on every cfo's mind when they, they go to look to, to raise debt because it is important and it is an opportunity uh, but the, you know, the, there's very much no limit on uh, you know, if there is if they have a clear sustainability strategy which they can tie goals to then they should be able to tie their debt to those sustainability strategy and goals as well. And, and you wouldn't expect not to be tied to any other risk issue that's affecting, affecting the business. Absolutely and do you, is, is that an ambition for, for you Louise? I know you've got um, almost two old hats on on here. One is um, uh, um, for your Hammerson role and also um, for the BVP chair chair role um, that you yeah. held for some time. It, it, do you have an ambition to see lots of um, the big real estate firms sort of following following these fo- footsteps? Oh, for sure. Definitely. Um, you know, we've we've, we've Amazon have, have, have done this and have demonstrated that it's perfectly possible to do this. You need a You need a strong sustainability platform and you need to be able to demonstrate to a fairly kind of critical audience in terms of the investor community that you know what you're talking about and you, you you've got some, some you know ambitious targets um set out that are and are, we, we have targets that are specifically linked to the to, to the to, to the bond um that are in addition to our, our our net positive targets they're based off that but because the bond completes it's, it's a it's a six-year issuance so it um it completes in 20 no, it's five years since completes in 2026 so um uh, we have targets that are that are time linked to the bond itself. Um, so um, yeah, I would I would I would certainly hope that we've um, we've made it clear that this is perfectly possible to do. Um, it's a driver for having very clear, strong sustainability strategy and targets for reporting very clearly about against them. And I think we've seen stuff in the press over the last couple of weeks um, as to what can happen um, when businesses are. Um, are considered actually not to be really walking the talk, but actually that it's that there's more greenwash to it, and I think um, investors are getting much more much more sophisticated about really understanding what's um, what's going on, and I think some of the requirements under SFDR particularly are exposing some of that. So, you know, it all drives us to be better able to demonstrate what we're doing as a business, which means that we will be be more um, focused on making sure that, that our environmental our environmental impacts are positive. That we're reducing our our, our impact our impacts on um, on the climate, um, 
which is kind of where we absolutely have to go. The whole industry has to go in that direction, as do other industries with us. So, yeah, I'm very passionate that everybody needs to be to be pulling in this direction and being able to take to get the power of the finance community and the investment community behind that um, is is absolutely critical. It's been what we've been looking for for years. And suddenly that kind of switch has flipped, if you like. And we've been talking for a long time about how do we get how do we get finance kind of really supporting this and really looking at uh, at, at financing um, you know climate change and cli- financing what we need to do in order to actually progress through climate change and make the changes that we need and this is what does it to some degree. I agree. I think we're really at a, an inflection point in, in terms of the impact that finance can have on on sustainability. Um, the, the, the kind of uh, globally, the, the capital is moving towards sustainable projects, and there's a real focus on it. And uh, the finance community is very motivated to to make it work and, and to deliver on a on an impact. Um, so I, I'm personally very excited to be to be part of it. I think it's it's a hugely important piece of work. And al- although um, you know issuing a green bond is not going to so- solve climate change overnight, it's certainly a step in the right direction and um, a real statement that, that a company can make about um, wanting to own their impact on the world. And it has it has big impacts then within the business itself. So, you know, we've, we've yeah, Hamilton's issue this, Hamilton has a strong sustainability strategy and it has done for a long time. Um, but having done this, um, it just adds to that real kind of focus that We've got another set of targets that we've really got to achieve, and there's 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 financial penalties linked to them. You know, if we don't achieve the targets that we've set out against the sustainability linked bond, then you know there's 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 there's, a, there's an increase in the coupon that we have to pay in in year five. So there's no getting around it. There's uh, there's there's significant cost if we don't actually do this. So suddenly everybody, sort of people who really were very supportive of my approach to sustainability, are suddenly not just supportive of my approach, but actually, okay, so how are we going to do this? And if there's questions about, oh, well, do we really need to invest in that particular piece of energy efficiency equipment this time? Or do we need to, you know, then, well, well, do we? Because actually, how is that going to impact on the on our results in this bond? Because if we don't do that, then there's a financial cost that we're going to hit later, later on down the line. So it's, it just changes the conversation internally completely. So and that's in a business that's really supported. That's, a, that's in a business that is really supportive and very committed to sustainability. It still changes the conversation internally. I know that we've had, we've had lots of discussions uh, on not just when we're talking about sustainability and, and ESG, but across many of the sort of different themes that we look at in a big way, e.g., about the the need for education in this sector because it's transforming so quickly, and we are we have as a sector such a big impact on so many parts of 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 the world the economy the environment um uh, social social um impact all of that sort of stuff how how important is it that everything that you've learned from this richard everything that you see across all of the advisory work that you're doing that that is shared and there's a collaborative approach to to how we can you know sort of green green up um, financing, how we can make sure that the real estate sector is behaving in a environmentally friendly way across all of its actions. I mean, it's it's super critical to me. I mean, we 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 have to be able to share as much as we can about this. Um, And and there's, you know, there's there's obviously proprietary information and there's there's there's, 
you know, confidential information around deals and that kind of stuff. But basically, the fundamentals of this um, and the speed at which it's moving, um, we have to be able to to share as much information as we can to make sure the industry gets our industry gets to grips with this as fast as possible, because it's such an opportunity for us. I just add to that. I, I suppose the uh, noting that it's it's a polluting sector. I would also say that real estate has, in its earthly in respect of sustainable finance, been uh, very progressive and advanced. Um, it's one of the sectors where which accounts for for a lot of sustainable finance issues. So there's a lot to be proud of, um, and uh, you know I think it's a sector that's really made really good progress in the last few years. But still plenty more to come. Our footprint is quite big. <laughs> but but well, together we can make it smaller. Let's hope so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, we've got there's lots of we we have. I mean, as you say, we have a we have uh, our our sector has a lot of different impacts. Um, and uh, you know, we if we if we can can really kind of move in a much more kind of cohesive, collaborative way to 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 improve those impacts and to make sure that they're positive through the whole of our supply chain. If you look down through our uh, through our value chain, from you know where we're where we're you know uh, procuring. Um, building services right the way uh, and construction services right the way through to you know how we're doing the operation and fit out of buildings and 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 their operation over their lifetime there's a lot that we can do um and if bringing in a sustainable finance package means that you then are as a business you are forced to really look at what you're doing and make sure that you are being much much more efficient about it and taking your carbon your carbon impact seriously then that's that's got to be good Absolutely. Um, now, earlier in this conversation, Richard said that you were far too modest to talk about um, the the impact that you've had um, at Hammerson and, be, and beyond. And um, I'm going to make you not be so so modest as uh, as uh, as as you are leaving Hammerson at the end of end of September, but not not going too far from us. Can you? I'd love to know from you just what you look back on with most pride at, at Hammerson that, that, that you've done there and that, and then get, give us a little hint as to, uh, or not even a hint, the full lowdown on, on what you're going to be doing and how you're going to be bringing, bringing that expertise to, to even more people. To even more people. Um, oh, uh, I suppose, what am I most proud of at Hammerson? I mean, it, it has been a fantastic place to work. They've given me so many opportunities to do stuff and, um, and to build a platform there. Um, I think probably um, setting the net positive targets, going out and being quite bold about that in 2016 um, and being kind of very uh, early to the market with it. Um, I, I think getting the, the, the business sort of was, was very supportive and, and has been really, really sort of behind that whole program. So I think being able to do that was, was great. Being able to 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 work with the retailers that we did on on Elliot's Field to 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 make Elliot's Field that was the first Bram outstanding um, retail park building I think I mean obviously we Hampton has told the retail parks portfolio now but that building will get kind of lived on and um, we did so much work with the retailers to with the occupiers there which was a real really was quite innovative for them um, and for us to actually get that building to be as, as as fantastic as it was in terms of its sustainability we provided all of the energy to them from the PV on the roof there. So, um, so that was a real that that was a real achievement um, from 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 that team and my team, um, and uh, yeah. So I think setting out the net positive targets, 
the, the achievements we, we, we made on the retail parts portfolio, the amount of PV we've got across the portfolio, being able to invest in renewables, that has been fantastic as well. So there's been some great stuff both on the asset management side um, and on the development side there. Um, it's, uh, it's, we've, we've got a lot done, I think, um, over, over the last few years and, uh, and just building that, the team there. It's a great team that, 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 they, that, that we have at Hamilton. I keep not sure whether I'm they or we now, but, um, but it's, a, it's a great team there, which has been really good. Um, so, yeah, it's been, it's been fantastic. Um, I think, uh, well, it's, and, and in terms of what's next, I'm moving into, into, into consultancy. So um, I am going to work for a company called Longevity, which um, some of you may know. Um, and uh, I'll be there from, from October um, as their chief commercial officer. So, um, yeah, hopefully, you know, working with a lot of, of existing and, uh, and hopefully new clients to, to bring some of the things that hopefully I've learned over the last, uh, over the last 15 or 20 years, think, worrying about, thinking about sustainability <laughs> um, to, uh, to a wider audience, which, uh, which should be really good fun. Um, I mean, I think when I when I look back to to looking, trying to sort of do research when I was an academic, thinking about how climate change and sustainability was going to impact the calculation of worth of investment buildings, the personal investment buildings, and doing all developing the models that we did for that, um, and where the industry has come over what must be nearly 20 years now since we were start, started to do that work. Um, at the, and at that point, you know, when we would go and talk to people and they'd just look at us like we were completely mad. Um, and, uh, and yeah, now we're, in, now we're at that point where everybody wants to know about it, which is great. Um, I would say, wouldn't I, that I wish that had been had that happened earlier and life would have been easier for everybody if things that had been that happened earlier. But uh, but we are where we are now. And uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a great impetus behind it. And uh, and the fact that we've got we're having this conversation about Hamilton being able to issue, you know, 750 million euro sustainability link bond, um, get a better coupon, get a you know, better, better cost of financing in the market because of it. And the really great conversations with the investors that we talked through, talked to through that process. I mean, that just shows you how far we've come as a sector. Absolutely. And I'm going to pass a final word to, to Richard on, on, I guess, a pitch to the industry as why to everyone and, and, and maybe big and small. I know bonds may, may not be open to the smaller, but why everyone in the industry should be looking towards green or sustainable, sustainable financing. Great question. I, I, I think you touched on something really important there, which is that everyone from big to small can explore sustainable finance. Whilst bonds are, you know, for the bigger players uh, out there, loans are, you know, provide financing across the size spectrum and very much encourage uh, participants in, in, in all those kind of sizes to uh, explore sustainable finance. It's very much becoming the norm. It's highly motivating for employees um, and it, it's, you know, big or small, it's your impact on, on improving the sustainability of your impact of, of your buildings and um, your company on the world, which can only be a good thing. Um, and so I very much encourage people to look into it. Fantastic. And what a great thing to say, actually, that financing can be motivating for, for staff. I wouldn't have expected to hear those words um, uh, just a few just a few years ago. Richard, Louise. Thank you so much for joining us on this EG Property podcast and for, for talking us through in a, ve a very easily understandable way, Richard, thank you, the, the wonderful world of, of bonds and green finance.